Welcome to the Get Loved Up podcast. I'm Koya Webb, founder of Get Loved Up, where we inspire you to love yourself more, love others more, and love the planet more. Each week, I'll interview a special guest who will share their insights on how they practice daily self-care, tackle tough challenges in life, and thrive in the world one breath at a time. You will be inspired to take control of your life as you heal yourself mentally, spiritually, and physically, and create a reality in alignment with your deepest passions. Let's get loved up. Hi, Tiara. Welcome to the Get Loved Up podcast. I am so excited to introduce you all to Tiara Chambers. She is the founder of Blissfully Yoga in Charlotte, North Carolina, an organization with goals to use yoga, wellness, and self-care as an act of liberation and social justice. Tiara has over six years experience in the industry and is a certified 200-hour teacher. Before pursuing wellness entrepreneurship, Tiara worked as an educator serving college students. Her experience as an educator heavily influences her approach to instructing class. Tiara empowers, listens to the needs of students, and facilitates a space where everyone feels welcome. Tiara, welcome. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you and to really kind of dive into how your life just out of the blue took a turn for the best. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. You kind of dive into where you were and then when that shift happened for you and when you decided to make yoga your your lifeblood. Absolutely. So as soon as I graduated from grad school, I immediately found out that although my master's is in higher education, I did not want to work in the system of higher education. So I took an offer and moved five hours away from family to Charlotte. The moment I got here, COVID hit. And so my offer that I had for over four months was pulled. Um, And I thought, well, I'm already in yoga teacher training. So I might as well just put my head down and continue um, learning as much as I can. And then I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) So I did. I started just posting my videos or asking people to come to class just to give me some experience. And people started latching on and there was a push to keep providing more. And I thought, I'm still learning. And I quickly learned that's fine (laughs) to be continuing to learn. So what turned into oh my goodness, this is a lost job. What am I going to do? Quickly turned into, oh my goodness, now this thing is amping up and I have to keep up with it because whether or not I want to, the universe is pushing me to. Absolutely. I love that you said you um, started going and had that feeling of like, oh my God, this is this is too fast. But you realize that like, I'm still learning, but you realize that that's okay. And I think that's so important. And one of the reasons why I chose to interview you is because you said not looking around like who, but realize that who is me. And even though you're scared and still learning, you're like, all right, I'm going to stand in my power to the best of my life ability. What gives you that confidence? Have you always been so confident or is it something you've developed over time? 
So definitely something that I've developed over time, but specifically when it comes to yoga or when it just comes to existing, my confidence is not so much in myself. It's in, I know there are so many people who came before me that have done this. And so they've paved the way so that I could. So it's not that I'm just clawing through and kind of creating my own path. It's because of ancestors. It's because of other folks who have done the work who paved the way. And then I could come in knowing every single time I make a move, anytime I make a business move, I used to worry (laughs) before the job loss. Now I know whatever's going to happen is supposed to happen. It didn't always it didn't always feel that way. <laughs> I took lots of self-work, lots of journaling, therapy, all the affirmations in the world to get there. Um, and quite frankly, the falling on my face of losing the job, now that I know, no matter what happens, you just keep moving. You pivot and you just keep on pressing forward. I love that. And do you ever have a time where you're like, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to get through this? Oh, yes. Now that I am growing a team and they're learning aside me, there are some times I'm like, wait, do I have to keep teaching? Do I have to keep providing space? Can I just say, actually, I'm done? Um, and every single time I'm like, mm, should I stop? There's a nudge from either another client that comes in or an organization that I feel super drawn to that will ask me to come in and teach. And that's what keeps me going is it doesn't matter if my classes are filling up. I'm not concerned about numbers. I'm concerned about impact. So if an organization that I feel super aligned with my values reaches out, that's normally my nudge every single time. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Or when I have that self doubt that keeps playing in my head, I'm like, all right, I heard you universe. I got it. I'm going to keep doing it. I'll keep going. And thank goodness you are, because you do it very well. And what was your childhood like? Did, you know, you grow up mindful about, you know, connecting with spirit or divine, or is this something that was just new to you once you got into yoga? Yeah. So, ooh, it's kind of a hodgepodge of things, I think. As a young child, I was all about emotions and feelings very early on. My mother is like, we don't do those. So she quickly realized, I have this, this child full of emotion. I don't know what to do with them. Let's put you into some spaces where you can do that and work through that. And I can learn and educate myself and we can get there. So even from a young age, even if there was no trauma or anything, I was attending therapy from the time I was like, I think I can remember being like eight and I had a therapist that I thought we were just friends and it was a way so that I could just go and talk about all the feelings I had. So I think that's a piece of it is that I've always been mindful of mental health and feelings and things from a young age. Um, And I also grew up as a competitive cheerleader. So it was just an aspect of yoga would complement our workouts. It wasn't until I came into my adult life that I connected the spiritual part of yoga. I was very much in the physical or I'm doing this because this is benefiting my training. It wasn't until grad school after a nasty bout of depression that I was like, oh, wait, this is transformational. I've just been moving and stretching and working out to keep my core tight. It's so much more than a core workout. 
So that realization didn't come until much later when I reached into my early adulthood that I'm still in now. That's wonderful. It sounds like the it was just waiting for you to step into it. And you said something that I'm also very passionate about, um, which is mental health. And also you mentioned depression. Can you talk a little bit about your bout with depression and how you got through it and strengthened your own mental health? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first moved uh, or came to grad school, I had just left a super unhealthy relationship. So I was starting all over, moving four hours away from home, and it's in Southwest Virginia. So the grad school institution I attended, if you're not familiar with Southwest Virginia, you're not missing out on anything, but it was not a fantastic place to be as a Black woman. And so I have never feared for my myself and in my body of being a Black woman the way that I did when I lived in Southwest Virginia. And it just started to take a toll. Like it was just way too many things at once. And I thought, I've got to do something. So I started moving again. I started doing yoga. Um, I would do it every single day, no matter how I felt. I said, you're going to get up and you're going to do at least 10 minutes. And then I started enjoying it more and more. And then eventually, as I started to pour more and more into the yoga, I thought, it doesn't matter (laughs) where my environment is right now. I'm choosing that internally, I'm going to figure this out. The external might be chaotic right now, but internally, I can choose to be peaceful in this moment, in this um, moment, combined with therapy, of course, because not say yoga can help with, you know, transforming and really improving mental health, but not saying that it has to be or either or it was a both and for me. That's beautiful. And I think that's also very important to note. Can you talk a little bit about your, and I too agree, like yoga has helped me heal and balance my emotions and get through so, so much. So can you talk a little bit about therapy and how therapy specifically has helped you um, deal with, you know, things like uh, racism, as you mentioned, and depression? Yes. So I am very grateful and blessed that I also have a therapist who is a Black woman, which when I was in Southwest Virginia, there were not many of us at all. So the fact that I was able to find a provider who also looked like me was important to me because it was specifically dealing with navigating in a not so incredible climate. Um, And I think it's nice to know or to be affirmed And that these trauma responses that we develop from being in a society that is racist, one being affirmed that what you're feeling is normal in that space of therapy is is part of the part that is a relief. And then working through and sorting through. Um, For me, I'm very results and goal oriented. And I had to get over that in therapy and realize there's not going to be this check the box it might be a conversation that I was able to have in that session. And I might not, it may not come full circle until later on. And I had to just be okay with that. Mm, That is powerful. That is so powerful, especially because in this community, we deal with a lot of, um, well, we have a lot of ambitious women and we're all about success and we're all about checking off the boxes and all about, all right, I did that therapy thing. 
But as you mentioned, it's more about having a conversation and and getting through emotions than it is on checking boxes and even finding a solution sometimes because sometimes a solution might not be apparent, but you still have to show up and shine. And so what are a couple of things, it could be through therapy or through yoga, whatever you have, what are some things you can share with all of our community, which is men and women, people from mothers to entrepreneurs, what are uh, a couple of things you can share that you do on a regular basis to, to get loved up and to make sure that your mental health is okay in addition um, to therapy and yoga? Yeah, so this is a super basic one that I'm sure people are aware of, but it really did help me is to affirm myself because it doesn't matter what the validation is coming from others. The only opinion that really truly matters is your own. Everybody else's perceptions and things, you're not responsible for that. So once I accepted, I am only responsible for how I see myself, which then if I have a positive view of that will trickle out into my relationships as well. So something that I do is I have just three sticky notes on my mirror that I look at every morning and I say them aloud. I'm trying to see what's on them right now. Ah, okay. You are worth it and trust your gut, trust your vision are the three I have right now, because those are the three that I need to hear. And it doesn't matter when my family or friends say it, love them dearly. But if I don't believe it myself, (laughs) it really truly doesn't matter. So affirmations and deep breaths, I say, save my life all the time, taking a moment to pause, to just inhale for four seconds and then exhale for four seconds or things I do throughout the day as well. So they seem so simple and they are, and they're also really important. That's so powerful. I 100% agree. I love affirmations, have them in my book, everyday affirmations, but I love how you said you just put them on sticky notes and, and put them up and they change. I think that's very important and powerful that we find out what affirmations are going to empower me the most in this moment. And that might change every day. It might change from the morning to the evening, but I love that simple tip of just writing those affirmations on a sticky note or maybe putting them in the phone and and putting them up. And I love that you said breath work, which is my favorite thing and how important it is to just take a moment to breathe deeply. Because especially as an ambitious person, as go-getters, we go through life and we might forget to take a deep breath. And so just- Absolutely. Yeah, that connects us with spirit right away. Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing those. And I want to dive a little bit into how you're coping. I know you said you started really pouring into um, your wellness uh, entrepreneurship as the pandemic hit. How is that going right now? And what can you say to um, those entrepreneurs out there and people who um, want to take this time to kind of, you know, say, hey, you know what? I do need to step into my power. I can be a change right now. I think there are a couple things. One is to just keep going. And the second is you're never going to feel ready. And those are things that once I told myself, I'm never going to feel ready to amp up or scale up. And the fact that I feel that way means I need to do it. Because if it's scary, then I need to just go ahead and do it because it's time to scale up. Anytime I feel super comfortable, super confident and like, oh, I got this. I'm like, well, it's time to then scale up then because 
it should scare you a little bit. It's something new. You're not going to be fantastic at it. You're going to make mistakes and that's okay. So that's something I had to be, I had to learn is you're not going to get it right the first time and just make sure you do it with grace and with the least harm possible. It's different to do something and not know and say, you know what, I'm just going to go for this. If you're doing it with that intention versus, you know what, I'm going to do this and it's harmful. Those are two very different things. So I just had to know it's okay if you make a mistake and this is not going to be have an impact that is so harmful that you can't ever uh, pivot or come back from it. And so an example I mean from that is when I was setting prices for my classes, I was in this tug and pull of, okay, I want to be inclusive, but I also value, you know, living. (laughs) So how do you find that fine balance? Um, And I had to make sure that my language was always inclusive. So something I had to tell myself is if you're raising your prices of your classes for five to $10, Tierra, this is not going to be a make or break. You can still continue doing community-based classes over here, but you also have to sustain your life. So I took us on a little bit of a (laughs) veer off the road there, but the main two are to keep going and you'll never feel ready. And you can veer as much as you want. (laughs) Veering is totally acceptable. Again, it's like a girlfriend chat. And for me, I feel like what you veer to is very important that you have to know your worth and know your worth is one of of a huge pillar and get loved up and know your value and that you still can serve and do community service and do things that are an offering to the world and for different pockets of people and still have an offering that matches the quality of life that you want to live. So thank you so much for veering that way and sharing that because I think that's so important. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because a lot of people who are in Get Loved Up are lovers. We love to love. We love to love others. And it's important that we do that self-pillar of loving ourselves first and most so that we have enough energy to continue to pour into others. And one of part of that is making sure we're getting enough self-care, but also making sure we're getting paid enough so we can keep the lights on and we can (laughs) take care of ourselves. So I I love that you veered that way. And you also um, kind of touched on a mistake. So can you share with us, um, you know, a mistake you made um, that you either still struggle with or something that, because it's also about you know, not feeling like we have to be perfect. And I know I've made a lot of mistakes in my career that I look back and I'm like, uh, yeah, I would totally do that differently. Do you have those things where you look back and say, you know what, I would have completely done that differently or I have done that differently now and I see the results of it. Yeah, so the biggest one that stands out is by set starting out too low. And so it was a disservice not to only myself but to also to the people taking my classes, because if it's not sustainable to me, I can't keep providing that space. And so once you start at that level to amp it up, you're already going to put a horrible taste in a lot of people's mouths. So I learned to have tiered offerings or tiered rates so that I can meet people where they are and not feel icky about money because it's not an icky thing it's something that you need to survive so that is my number one huge mistake is when I started I set the tone and I set the tone way too low 
and would get feedback about it. And I thought, oh, I can't do it. Then it's not inclusive. Well, if you can't provide it regularly, it doesn't matter because it's not going to be sustainable. You're going to be able to do that one or two times and it's still going to be a disservice to the people. So I had to find the balance um, of, yes, you can be inclusive and care for people and want yoga to be accessible. And you can also charge people a fair rate for everyone involved. Absolutely. For the work that you're putting out into the world, which is absolutely amazing. It's your time to step into your full power and potential. Are you tired of playing small and ready to make a big difference in the world? If your answer is yes, then the Wellness Entrepreneur Mastermind is for you. This mastermind will give you all the tools you need to turn your passion into purpose and live from a space of abundance as you let go of your limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. We coach you to thrive one week at a time, one goal at a time. We teach you what's working right now and what's not so you can position yourself as a community leader and create real change in the world. If you're ready to level up and stand in your power, then go to koyaweb.com forward slash mastermind to join our next group of wellness entrepreneurs. Space is limited and your time is now. So don't delay. Make a difference today. And so let's talk a little bit about your work. Let's talk about the favorite things that you love to offer to help people in their wellness journey. Yeah, so I've recently found out that I actually prefer private sessions. And so I prefer it that way because I feel like I have a more intimate connection. Granted, a little bit harder to do that in the middle of a pandemic, yes. So I've had to get strategic about it, whether it's on Zoom or it's at an outdoor class where we can be socially distant. But I love coming to events that people have, whether it's wellness or just a self-care day for their girls. I love knowing that I can make those one-on-one intimate connections in a way that I find harder if I'm popping into a studio that I'm not working at regularly. So the pop-up yogas, I enjoy them, of course, because I like to be able to reach multiple people, but I've learned that it's really the private sessions that I enjoy a lot more and also having an internship where I get to work with college students again. Those are the things that keep me going (laughs) are the private sessions and the students I work with. That's amazing. That's so amazing. I know the students really need it right now because a lot of people have to learn virtually and there's a lot of stress in the world. So can you talk a little bit about uh, working with college students as we have a lot of college students that listen to this podcast? What are some of the things that you see happening with college students? Can you speak to that a little bit and maybe your tips and advice for people who life is different. Like, you know, usually college is a place where you get to know people and go out and make a couple mistakes and figure life out. So how has that changed for, for college students? And what do you, what advice do you have for them to get through this time? So I think specifically for the seniors and the first years, I feel the most for them because they are mourning the loss of what they thought their college experience would be. And I think one, knowing that it's okay, like it might feel silly that you are mourning or you're grieving the loss of your college experience and it's valid. So that's the thing I noticed the most is I see college students um, denying or um, invalidating their own experiences. And it's like, no, 
actually, it's okay to feel that way. Um, and also not taking on too much. The Most of the college students I work with are afraid to say no because it seems like a missed opportunity, especially in a pandemic where they don't know internships will be different, job offers will be different, but instead of spreading themselves so thin, it's okay to say no or yes, but not right now is what I've noticed are the two pressing things right now. That is so important. And especially now, because there are a lot of people reaching out and a lot of times uh, the college students are the most vulnerable because they don't know as much and they're just getting started. So they're being reached out to and they have huge influence and huge platforms. And unfortunately, companies are taking advantage of that naivete and, you know, offering very low rates for really quality work and filming and, and expertise. So I think you speak to a huge problem that I think that um, is out there and that college students have to be careful of and, and knowing and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with knowing your worth, knowing your value, knowing what's out there, knowing how much people are charging for um, Instagram posts and classes and sessions and really doing your homework on what the industry is paying and knowing that, yes, you wanna do a little bit to make sure you have your feet up under you, but you also want to know what do I need to charge per hour to pay my bills and, and start Absolutely. building up that um, building up that um, abundance. What do you feel like right now, you know, going into um, the holidays, what do you feel right now that you're looking forward to the most? Yeah, so holidays are a special, special time for my family. It's interesting, though, now that I live out of state, um, that I'm not going to go home for Christmas time, which is the first time ever that I'm not doing that. Uh, so I'll just really be looking forward to soaking up all of that time that I am around them for Thanksgiving and knowing that the holidays will look different. Um, and that's something that I've definitely been trying to wrap my head around of how can I go into the holidays and see my family because I miss them in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so knowing how to like calculated risk is what I say is my family is really important to me. So if that means I have to get a test before I go back to see them, then so be it. Um, but the holidays will definitely be another thing that I have to adapt to, much as I feel like this entire year, everyone has had to. Absolutely. And I honestly, I personally feel closer to my family because I've talked to them more. We've had more Zoom calls. Um, everyone's learning how to use and navigate their phones. So can you speak a little bit about relationships, whether it be relationship with your family or friends or, or people in your network? Have you seen a change in relationship uh, during these times? Oh, yes. It's so interesting because I always say, as someone, I live alone. And so I never realized, yes, I'm an introvert, but ooh, I really need my people. We all need our people. <laughs> um, so it's even one of my really close friends, we went a day without FaceTiming yesterday and she answered the phone and said, I miss you so much. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, one day feels like forever now. So there are benefits to, if there's no benefit at all to COVID, the fact that I do feel that I can connect with people easier, knowing that they're at home, their travel time that they would normally be back and forth in the 
car, I've now been able to fill up with FaceTimes or calls with grandparents or check-ins with either younger cousins. So I definitely see my relationships have thrived. (laughs) If nothing else in COVID has, they're on the up and up. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing to hear. I also live alone. And so it's definitely been amazing to me to have my people and people that I do see and hug and touch and and also connect with virtually i feel like that's something that we can't lose we can't afford to lose um some type of physical touch and some type of connection and also um the communication of just sharing feelings and emotions and those things those are the things that make us human so i'm happy to hear that you're able to do a little bit of that as well um, because i feel like it does affect our mental health and i know a lot of people before they realize like how long this is going to be and I knew at the beginning I was like y'all this is gonna be a while so um but I I've noticed people realizing the importance of of connection and, and calling and and being there do you have any I know me like I now have tea time online and I have mo- new moon and full moon ceremonies do you have anything that you start to do any fun little games or meetups that you have that you could share with the community that you've kind of leaned into at this time Yeah, so there's actually, oh, I'm blanking on the name, but there are quite a few YouTube series that have card games, and they're specifically about like deepening your relationships. And so my friend groups and I have played a lot of those of we feel like we know each other like the back of our hands. And those questions have really got us thinking. So of course, I'm blanking on the name of the card game. But regardless of if you have the actual set of cards or not, I really encourage people to start going deeper in your relationships because, okay, there are a lot of distractions. I was going to say, what's distracting you? A lot. (laughs) America feels like it's on fire right now. And what better time to keep really digging and getting to know? Because I feel like for myself, I've learned a different version of myself, even in this pandemic. So to learn about the ways that your relationships, how they're discovering different things about themselves too, I think is really important during this time. Absolutely. It reminds me of a card game. I think it's like, we're not really strangers or something. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I went to a, um, a meetup and I feel like that's a great, that's a great way to get to know people. Just ask the questions. And when you do it as a card game, it's not like you just pulling a question out of the blue where people would be like, why are you asking me that? But you're like, oh no, let's play this card game together. Cause I remember, I think it was in 2018, I had these five questions that I asked all my friends and most of my friends answered them, but there was a couple of friends that were like, why are you asking me these questions? You know, and they felt some type of way. And so I, I like the idea of having it be a card game. That way people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I'm down to play the game. And we ask each other these questions to get to know each other deeper. And I feel like that's something that I've, I want to keep all of the time, whether we end this, uh, the pandemic or not. Um, what are some of your favorite questions to um, to ask people? Oh, favorite questions. So I think one I always ask, and it's more of a wild card one, but I always ask people if they had to describe themselves and their personality as a color in the 64 pack Crayola box, what color would they be or why? And so if it's someone I know, I'll tweak it a little bit to be like, all right, let's talk about how you're feeling. And instead of just saying, how are you? 
describe it to me in a crayon color and then let's talk about what it is because I realize we have these automated responses to when people say how are you and if you just frame it in a different question people will be willing to tell you oh actually I'm not okay or yes I am great and this is why instead of just replying good because we're conditioned to just respond that way. <laughs> that is so true. And I love that question. So I want you to answer it. If you could be a color, uh, what would that color be and why? So I go back and forth between periwinkle and dandelion. I feel like periwinkle is one of those colors that people don't really, they don't really remember it. And then once they do, and when it is time to use it, you're like, yes, this is the touch that I needed on this paper. <laughs> but if we're doing mood, I'm definitely like a, an electric blue right now. I don't have any complaints to say right now, which may knock on some wood. Um, but <laughs> if we're talking mood, I'm feeling like an electric blue. Things are, things are going well. I'm feeling bright. I'm feeling lively. I have energy, which I didn't have in the beginning of the pandemic. So those would be my two colors. I love that. Thank you for your authenticity and saying like, hey, I wasn't always feeling like that, this, but now I'm feeling electric boo. And I want to go back into that, that dark time because a lot of times right now, um, some people are still feeling kind of dark. So can you share why you're feeling dark? I don't know if you were able to unpack it, but why you're feeling dark and why oh, yes. it's so dark now. Yeah, so in the beginning of the pandemic, when I also lost the job offer, it was the idea of going to this worst case scenario is automatically where my brain was going. Of Okay, what if I don't find a job in this amount of time? What if all of these what ifs that were not positive at all and so instead of denying myself how I felt, oh, I cried. I cried a lot at first. And then I said, all right, time to put the pieces together and keep it moving. And so I think allowing myself and giving myself to space to just, you can feel these things. Like, I think sometimes people um, assume that the only emotion that you can let people know that you're feeling is one about happiness. And that's just not how this works, especially if you do have strong relationships around you. I let my people know, hey, not feeling so fantastic. This is what support looks like for me. Can you check in with me at the beginning of the day? Can we do tea uh, over dinner time since I'm in this new city alone and now temporarily jobless? So crying and getting all the feels out at first was exactly what I needed and then from there I just got really tactical which is a coping mechanism of course but the getting tactical of like okay where what where do I want to pivot what jobs do I want to do what do I want to do for my next steps really helped me of thinking about the future and I kept thinking this job is not your whole entire life. Like, yes, it does feel that way <laughs> at first. When you don't have, you don't know how you're going to live day to day. That's pretty intense. But I just kept thinking about, but what is my life going to be like when this is over? And I've had this weird full circle moment of, in the beginning of the pandemic, I kept envisioning, well, what happens when I finally get the job? And now that I'm here, I'm like, you need to appreciate that you're here. And 
think back to when you weren't feeling so fantastic because that makes me even more grateful to be where I am now. That is beautiful. And I love that you said just cry and get it out. I feel like that's a step in and people people think that others don't want to be around them or hear from them when they're happy, but it's actually not true. And I think the more people are sharing their sadness and sharing their frustration and sharing their anger, they're realizing that you are not alone. There are a lot of people that are sad and frustrated and angry and it's a, it's all valid. And that part of not stuffing those emotions really does help us pivot and move into a vibration of, okay, what can I do to take my life to the next level? So thank you so much um, for sharing that because I feel like it's gonna help so many people just like, you know what, today I'm gonna cry. Another thing that you said that I really loved was that you let people know how they can support you. Because a lot of times we're all different. People don't know and they might feel like, well, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. But the fact that you let people know how they can support you, I think that is so clutch and so important in this day and age where there's so many things we can do. And the thing that might be your love language might not be another's love language. And so I love that you share with your friends, like, this is how you can support me. And I think so many people, you have to let people know, don't expect people to be mind readers, just let them know, I need a day just with nothing, or I need you to call me three times today. Like both yeah. of those, and you might feel like one way on Tuesday and another way on Wednesday, but I think that's yeah. so important to communicate. So thank you so much for that. And I think too, for people to know that it doesn't have to be something as intense as a loss of a job, a loss of a vacation, a loss of a wedding date, all of those things are valid. And there's not this, you can't rank what is more important to someone or not. You can still have those same feelings of, oh my gosh, this sucks. And I don't want to be here in this space of feeling the suckiness. So what can I do to get some support from the people around me? And what can I do for myself as well? I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. All right. Wrapping it up here. This is a question that I love to ask, but it's going to be kind of different. If 2021 could be the year of your dreams, what would it look like? It would look like me not working at my full-time job and working for myself. <laughs> that would be the first thing. So from a career standpoint, that's what it would look like. But from a greater kind of global standpoint, I would love to be in a world where we don't have to wear masks. I would love to be in a world where I can gather and hug and not have to be concerned about it or travel, you don't have to think, oh, what are the cases here and there? So I know these are probably big lofty dreams for 2021 since we're still having rising cases in North Carolina right now. But if it could be anything, I just want to be able to see people smiling when I go to Trader Joe's. That's all I want. I don't <laughs> want to look at people's masks. <laughs> I, I understand the importance of the mask and I am not an anti-masker let's be clear but I just cannot wait till I can go out and see people smile because you can't see but so much in the eyes 
Right. I think that's very important. It's so valid. Like, you know, just to see a smile, which is why I love Zoom. Like, I am just like, I need Zoom in my life. Like, I don't know what it would be like if we didn't have this Zoom where we can actually see people's faces without a mask, because I really honestly don't go out as much. And so I spend more time really seeing people. And it mm -hmm. definitely fills me up. And I don't know what it would be like if. I wasn't spending most of my time actually looking, not touching, which I agree, I want to touch and hug and all those yeah. things. But I do feel like it's helped me personally cope, just seeing people, talking to people, sharing my knowledge and through my yoga teacher training and these podcasts, it gives me life. And if I had to go to work every day, which some people do, like our healthcare workers and our frontliners oh, and yeah. people that work at the grocery store, and like most of the day is actually spent just not seeing a smile and, and not, you know, feeling normal. I, I have to say that is a different reality that um, I feel can affect the person some type of way in, in a different way than actually, even though we're not touching, seeing full faces, full smiles, um, being able to feel like I could feel your energy through this call. And so thank you so much for, for sharing that. I really, I really appreciate that. And now we're going to do a rapid fire. So basically- okay. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you just say the first uh, thing that comes to your mind. Okay. If you could only wear one outfit for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, a grout fit, gray head to toe. Ooh, all right. If because I like to be comfy. I love that. I love that. Oh, nothing like a cozy outfit. All right. If you had one game that you could play, only one game you could play for the rest of your life, what would it be? Candyland, oddly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Candyland, I love that. Oh, it's nostalgic. <laughs> oh, I haven't played that in forever. If one book, your favorite book that you've read in the last year. Oh my goodness. Now this is where it's a toughie for me as a book lover. But I'm gonna have to say Sister Outsider Audrey Lord has been one that I revisited this year and it's still up there on my, some of my favorites. Putting it on my list per your recommendation. Thank <laughs> yes. you. And song that lights your soul. Get Me Bodied Extended Version Beyonce. All right. One of my favorites, yes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so great. And I just want to give you some space if there's one last thing or series of things that you want to share with the community. Um, what would that be? Yeah, I think that it's just to whenever the universe gives you a nudge <laughs> to go with that nudge. And even if it feels ridiculous, then to keep going with it. If something really bad or traumatic or a loss seems like it's happening in that moment, just keep going because eventually you'll understand why it came to be. So listen to those nudges and those inner gut checks that are pushing you in a different direction. Oh, I love that. It, it just feels like divine guidance. Like listen to that divine guidance and trust it even when it doesn't even make sense. So Thank yes. you so much. I really appreciate your time and your love and how much you are lighting up the world with everything that you are. And thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for just pouring into this 
community. Thank you for your comments, your reviews. If you haven't already, leave a review for the Get Loved Up podcast. Your reviews light up my soul and it helps us continue to bring on great guests. So make sure you leave a review and I will talk to you all later. Peace and love. I just want to take a moment to say thank you for being part of the Get Loved Up community. I like to share topics and people making a positive impact in the world, and your feedback means the world to me. If you haven't already left a review, please leave a five-star review and let me know what you want to hear more of on the show. I'm here for you, and together, we're making the world a better place, one day at a time, one show at a time. Thank you for listening.